I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been teaching on the judgments of God that come upon the earth because of apostasy. And this word judgment, of course, is I'm talking about the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast. And these were the God's judgments against Israel if they went after other gods. And if they did not follow the statutes and the commandments of God, God says you have to keep my customs. You cannot keep the customs of the heathen. You cannot. Now, this thing about the the sword is about war. The famine is about a shortage of food. We've got that going on in the world today. And the pestilence is all kinds of disease. I'm not here to take a right wing or a left wing stand on the coronavirus. I don't know how bad it is. I know that I don't know. I hear all kinds of gossip coming from all sides. I've had people tell me, my son for one, saying, well, people may die in the hospital, and if they got the got a virus they, and they die of the flu, they count it with the coronavirus. I don't know that, and I don't know it's exactly true. I'm not going to stand with that on the right. I'm not going to stand on the left and say it's overwhelming in America and overwhelming the world. I don't know that. Unless I have a reliable source, somebody that can guarantee me, will you bet your life on it? How about betting your eternal life on what you're saying? I'm not going to do that, but I'll tell you what I will do. I'll bet my eternal life that the pestilence will come at the end of time because God said he'd bring it when Israel and anyone who is believers do not walk according to his statutes and his commandments. And we've said that in Deuteronomy 28. And in in uh, Leviticus 26, and it's all through the prophets, and in Exodus 15. These are these are three chapters I really love. God says, if you keep my commandments, I won't bring the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast. But Israel did not, while they were a nation. They went after all the gods of the ancient world. All the gods. Let me just say this. Revelation 17 and 5 says that Babylon was the mother she gave birth to, she nurtured, was the mother of harlots. The word harlot doesn't mean a woman. Could mean that. Harlots doesn't just mean a woman that plies her trade to men. And she's a prostitute. Doesn't mean that. It's the word porne. P-O-R-N-E. Now we do get the word porn from that. But it doesn't just mean to look at naked men and women. It means idolatry. Now, that could be a woman, 
idolatry. And idolatry has a definition. The Greek word is ido, E-I-D-O, L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Idololatria is a construction of two words, ido, meaning to see or perceive. Ido, E-I-D-O. And latruo. Latruo means to serve. L-A-T-R-E-U-O. It means to serve what you look at, what you see, what you perceive. That's what it means. And my favorite idolatry that the Bible speaks of in Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3, this is my favorite idolatry, covetousness. The Bible says covetousness is idolatry. Covetousness is the word pleonectes, P-L-E-O-N-E-K-T-E-S. That word means to want more that's basically it. Any way you can get it, through deviousness, through trickery, however you can get it, i got to have that woman, i got to have that guy, i got to have that house, i got to have that car, I'll work three jobs to get it. You have made an idol out of a car, out of your house. It's just as bad as if you fell down before a golden calf. You've done it in your heart. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1.8 All things are full of labor. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. Idolatry, just to look at something, you're not satisfied with seeing. Nor the ear filled with hearing. What's amazing The word obey has to do with these two things here. Obey is the word shama in the Hebrew. means to hearken or hear when God says you hadn't obeyed me. Well, when you look up something that you want and you want it so bad, the eye and the ear are not not satisfied with hearing or seeing. The mouth won't simply utter it. I want that. It will labor to fulfill it what you put in your eyes and your ears is your God that's idolatry now if that's true and it is what Israel came involved in while they were a nation worshipping these idol gods and it was the time they were a nation from 1 Samuel I don't really like to put First and Second Samuel down there because they weren't involved in that. First and Second Samuel was an argument between Saul and David. It wasn't an argument. God made David the king. Saul played blamed David for trying to steal his throne, and so Saul went out to kill David from the nineteenth chapter to the thirty-first chapter. He's out to get him. Well, if Israel went after idol gods over here then it was covetousness. They went after Baal and the Grove and Shemosh and Molech, 
all the gods of Egypt, Osiris, Osiris, Isis, Amun-Ra, all the rest of them. The Bible said they did. They also went in Ezra, the ninth chapter, they went after all the gods of they went after all the gods of the people around them, the Ammonites, the Perizzites, the the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the all of the ites. And they had a whole bunch of them. They went after all their gods. They went after the gods of Egypt. They went after the gods of Syria. Now here's the whole thing. Let me flip away from this. See if it, I've got the map on back here. No. We'll go down here to it. Here's the whole thing. I'm going to try to show you what some preachers try to do. They try to legalize these gods that they went after as righteous. I'll get over here to it in a minute. All right. All right, here. When I try to tell people that Christmas... Christmas was brought into the church by Constantine and all he did was rename he renamed the festival of Saturn festival of Saturn it was called the Saturnalia Now, the reason he brought that into the church at the Nicene Council in 325 A.D., that was the beginning of Roman Catholicism. Roman Catholicism. Well, Christmas was brought into the church. It was paganism. <laughs> if it was was idolatry and it was that it was the same idol worship that Israel was involved in when they were involved in Egyptian god worship Ammon the land of Ammon which is northern northern Jordan Moab god worship that was Shemash they worshipped in Israel Shemash we get the word Shemash from that, which is the word sun in the Hebrew. The worship in the sun. And in Egypt, they worship the same thing as Venus, Osiris, Isis. Isis and Venus were the same. And in the land of Ammon, they worship Moloch. Israel was involved in all of this. If this is idolatry, And this is idolatry over here, and Babylon mothered it all. That means, I've said this so many times, that means that everything that Israel was involved in, and everything that Constantine brought in the church, and renamed Christ Mass, this is the same thing, because it was mothered by Babylon. Well, where did Babylon start? Genesis 11, verse 4. They found a plain in the land of Shinar. 11 and 4. They said, let us build us a city. 
cities were were organized and built so people could have a stand and a place to war with. City. Let us build a city and a tower. The word tower is the word migdal. It means a pulpit or a rostrum. And they said, we need a doctrine. And here was what our doctrine will be. Let us make us a name. The word name is the word Shem. At that time, Shem was Noah's second-born son. Noah had Shem, second-born, Ham, third-born, Japheth, Japheth, firstborn. We know that Japheth there in the ninth chapter when they came out of the ark, that in the tenth chapter, the Bible says Noah saw what his younger son has done, speaking of Ham, so he was the third. And then it says in the tenth chapter, Japheth will Japheth the firstborn, the eldest, will dwell in the tents of Shem. Only one of this children could inherit could have the inheritance. It was Shem. Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. We get the word Semitic out of that. Or Semite. Jews. And Shem's children went all the way down to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In that Genesis, that 11th chapter, it takes you right through it. Now, the point I'm getting at, any preachers that want to justify Christmas... They wanted to justify the same thing that Israel became involved in. And what Israel became involved in, God sent the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast. Why is he not going to do the same thing to the world that is just corrupted to the core with Christmas? This right here that it was Israel involved in brought about the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast was Babylon, Persia, Greek, Greece and Rome, the Babylonian lion, the Persian bear, the Grecian leopard, and the beast with iron teeth, and that was Rome. And God scattered Israel all over the earth because they were involved in Christmas under another name in the ancient world. That's how bad it was. Why did I bring this all out again? I don't understand preachers. I would usually give somebody a hard time for preaching error. And I want to read what John MacArthur has to say about Christmas. He knows all about it. This is off the Internet. You can get it on the Internet. Here's what John MacArthur says. I believe John MacArthur is a brother. I believe that he is a believer. And I understand why he won't change on Christmas. He's got 7,000 people on Sunday morning out there in the Grace Community Church. He has a college, the Master's College. He's got an overhead that would probably stagger you 
He's selling his books in nearly every so-called Christian bookstore in the country. He has a lot of error in his teaching. I don't usually say something bad about Jonathan, the fact he doesn't understand pre-trip rapture. He does not understand millennium. And he certainly doesn't understand Christmas. He thinks it's okay to keep Christmas if you do it in the name of Jesus. I don't think so. It's the customs that'll kill you. I'll get back to that. John MacArthur on Christmas. This man has such a command of history and information to back up this discussion. Great. But when he ends the discussion, he makes it clear that if he wants to stand with one foot on a rock and the other on mire clay, so what? That's the introduction by someone else in this. He will do whatever works to preach the gospel. Well, the gospel is not the first issue to our Lord. First Peter 3.15 Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you to your reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You cannot, sir, give an answer of the hope you have in Jesus Christ by participating in holidays and celebrations which directly blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ and at the same time exalt pagan gods. Now, let me read to you MacArthur's definition and story about Christmas. He knows all about it. MacArthur's statement on Christmas. You ask about Christmas, I'll tell you about Christmas. Listen to this. In the early Greek periods, December was the month of orgies. Christmas was an orgy. That's what it was. And feasts and festivals to gods. He knew that. John knows that. Let me erase this. I'm going to have to put something on the board. Well, first of all, let me click over here. Go back to where I was. All right. All right. This is what Christmas is actually about. It's about... It's about the Big Dipper. That is a swastika, isn't it? Certainly it is. The swastika is the reason for the season. Let me go back to the other right here. Christmas is about the earth in its orbit around the sun. The earth is tilted at 23 and a half degrees. It goes around the sun. This is the summer. And as you're going through the spring, the spring, and you go into autumn, you go in, this is summer down here in the southern hemisphere. This is summer in the northern hemisphere when you're coming into, into summer here. This is talking about summer, northern hemisphere, winter, southern hemisphere at the same place. When we're in summer, we're going into autumn. You have to look at only the top part. And then you're going over here into winter. Their problem was, as they come through autumn, or what we call fall, as they're going into winter, 
winter here, not summer. There's summer in the southern hemisphere. And all of this was built on Babylon, which is in the northern hemisphere. Northern hemisphere is above the equator. So when you're going down through here and you're going into, here's the whole point. As they're coming out of autumn, they're going into winter. Winter was the whole purpose of the Christ's Mass. When you got right over here, in this area right here, when you got into that area, you got to the winter solstice. Winter solstice was the reason for Christmas. Winter solstice. And they, you got to the longest nights of the year right in this area right here in winter. The longest nights of the year was, the longest night was December the 21st. Now I put this on the board and I've tried to explain it to you. It has to do with the position of the sun and the earth as the earth is going through its ecliptic orbit around the sun. That's what it has to do with. That's what Christmas has to do with. It has to do with food. They didn't have any way to store things, and they didn't have Kroger or Publix or Safeway. I always put Safeway in in case somebody out west is watching. They didn't have that, so their problem was getting out of autumn, the end of the harvest, which today is the 31st. This is the end of the harvest. This is what you call All Hallows' Eve or Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Now, coming through this, here is what it's all about. Let me show you. This is where Christmas comes from, and John MacArthur does not understand this, evidently. He knows what it's all about, but he won't deal with the fact that Israel was involved in it, and that Babylon mothered it all, and that's what Constantine brought in the church, because he's afraid he's going to leave, lose the empire to all of those Huns, Vandals, those hordes that were rampaging across Europe that was not ruled by the Roman Empire or by the Caesar. And he was right. He was going to lose it to him. Now, this is kind of what it's about. I put this on the board so many times. The summer solstice is June the 21st, the longest days of the year, because of where the sun is over here. The summer solstice would be over here in this area, in this area, somewhere in this neighborhood right here. That's June the 21st. And as you're going around, as you're going around, it looks like this is happening. It looks like the sun is moving away because it's getting dimmer and dimmer as we go through this. Our planet goes through this orbit. And the, the sun looks like it's getting dimmer and dimmer, but it's not. It's because the earth on its axis is moving around the sun and it's tilted. That's why when you get over here to the winter solstice, 
when you get to winter solstice, they said it's cold, and particularly in the northern regions up in the Scandinavian countries, they considered that the, particularly the fir trees were magical. They said the fir trees were magical because they could live through those sub-zero winters. So what they did, they pulled their holly down, put it around their pagan temples, and they had what you call a wassailing bowl that was on a table, and it had a drunken elixir in it. And you see this in the movie Ivanhoe. It's an old, it's an old classic book, and I remember seeing in Ivanhoe the Saxons. There was a wrestling match between the Normans and the Saxons in England. Uh, Robin Hood was a Saxon, and the Sheriff of Nottingham was a Norman. And Norman comes from Northmen, and they were men from Scandinavia, and they were pagans. And the and in the movie Ivanhoe, they all gathered around a Saxon wassailing bowl, right in the middle of the table, and they're singing like the wassailing bowl song, deck the halls with boughs of holly, la 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 la. That's a pagan song. It has nothing to do with God or Jesus. Now, they're in the middle of winter, and I put it on the board like this. I can't draw on that. I wish I could. But I put it on the board like this. As As you come out of the summer solstice, and you're going towards the winter solstice, you come through... You go through, it looks like the sun is is dimming, and it's not. It's just how we're moving. This is where Christmas comes from. It's how we're moving. And it looks like, it looks like the sun, and they thought the sun was moving away. So, and as the sun is going down, or moving towards the winter solstice, Winter solstice. The you get to December the twenty first. That's the longest night of the year. They said we have to have a festival, so they had a a festival to Saturn. Saturn was the father of the gods in Rome. And this is what Constantine brought into the church and renamed the Saturnalia. He simply brought the feast of Saturn in the church changed the name to Christ Mass and all of this pagan festival was put in the church in the form of Roman Catholicism. When they did that, they simply changed the names of the icons that were in the niches. You don't want a niches, don't you? That's when you're walking around a, a hallway and it's got a you're walking around and got marble all around it and this has got a it's got an indention in here in a semicircle, and they've got a, a statue in here, and uh, they renamed Jupiter Peter. Did it, they did that in the Catholic Church, and they renamed the niche where they had Mary, renamed had uh, Aphrodite. They named that Mary, and called her Queen of Heaven. And Queen of Heaven was one of the gods they served, that Israel served. And you look up Queen of Heaven, you look up Queen of Heaven, 
in Jeremiah 44. And God indicted Israel worshiping the Queen of Heaven. And you can look up Queen of Heaven, Jeremiah 7. And they said, we will, we will offer offerings to the Queen of Heaven. You can't tell us what to do, Jeremiah. And they were enraged at him. Well, as you get on, you came to the fall equinox. Equinox means equal night. And that was at October the 21st. That means there were 12 hours in the day and 12 hours in the night. That's when the darkness began to take over and that's where all of the pagan festivals started. And the equinox and the next day, maybe just a few seconds longer, I I have, have it down, I've forgotten what it was, but you might have the next day 11 hours 59 minutes and 30 seconds or something like that and then the more you the more you were turning away from the sun it looked like the sun was dimming and the pagans thought the sun is burning out we have to have the sun so they started lighting these we call them bonfires but they're called bale fires and they were trying to appease the sun and they were asking Saturn they were praying to Saturn saying we want you to appease your son's wrath and at Rome the sun god was Mithra the chief sun god was Mithra and Mithraism at one time was the greatest threat to Christianity so they set up they set off a seven-day festival for for Saturn to pray to Mithra, which was the sun, to come back to the earth so they could have the crops in the spring. It was all about food. Then, you get down here to the 21st. They said, what we will do, we will have a festival from December the 17th through the 24th, a seven-day festival, and we will offer all kinds of offerings. They actually had a fool. This was also called the festival of the festival of the Lord of Misrule. That's what it's called. The Lord of Misrule, they appointed a man to be the head of the feast. The only problem is, after seven days, he had to kill himself and offering himself as an offering to, to Saturn. They had the same thing at Mardi Gras. They had a seven-day festival. And it went on until the 24th, they threw the Yule log in the fire. Yule has a double meaning. It means child, child, or wheel. 
I'll go through the wheel in a minute. I'm trying to point out to John MacArthur, this is the same thing what Israel was involved in that God scattered them for all over the world and all over the face of the earth. And that's why it's the very reason for all of the wars in the Middle East that we've been talking about. Christmas under another name in the ancient world under Israel is the reason for the World Trade Center for coming down. That's exactly the reason. Why? I better finish this up. And I, I can't finish this all in one lesson. I may have to take John's letter and read on it for the next few weeks. So, you're going towards the winter solstice. They had a festival of the Lord of Misrule, and they had to, he had to die at the end of that festival. They threw the Yule log in the fire, or the wheel, or the child, and the next day it sprung out in the form of a tree. And the pagans said the tree was the giver of all divine gifts to man, and that's what it is. It was the giver of all divine gifts. And the divine gifts that it gave to men, you find it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. And John said in 1 John 2.16, All that is in the world, all in the world, this is the divine gifts, this is why you find the gifts under the tree. The giver of all divine gifts, all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. Lust is the word epithumia. It means to long for that which is forbidden. It means to breathe hard, thumos, upon your life. Epi means to superimpose or cover upon. And that's all that's in the world. And she's, Eve saw a tree that was good for food, pleasant to the eye, that's idolatry, and would make her wise and she could be proud of herself. So that is the tree that sprung out the next morning on December the 25th, and they gave that birthday to Mithra, and you can look up Mithra in the McClinic and Strong. It'll tell you the most... The most sacred day to the pagans in ancient Rome was the birthday of Mithra, December the 25th. Now that's what they that's what the Roman Catholic assigned to Jesus was December the 25th, the birthday of a pagan god. He did not he was not when the shepherds were in the field keeping their flock, they never kept them after the second range which came in in October. They didn't keep them out in the field. It was cold in the winter. And they had the flocks already inside. He didn't die. And that's not even the point whether he died in December. They didn't keep a birthday of Christ the first several hundred years after he died. There's a verse here. Let me give it to you. I didn't even have my Bible up. Look at Ecclesiastes 7, verse 1. Ecclesiastes 7, the early church did not celebrate the birth of Christ. 
Christmas didn't come into being until 325 A.D. It was Pope Julius I. Pope Julius I that gave Christ Mass its pagan name. And that was in 336 A.D. And Christmas didn't enter any calendar until 354 A.D. Jesus had been dead and resurrected for nearly 350 years. It's and this goes along with everything we've been talking about. The reason God sends the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast was because Israel was involved in the same thing that came into the church by Constantine and renamed the Christ Mass. Christmas and Saturnalia are the same thing. It's just amazing to me. They have to be the same thing. It's all ungodly worship of gods. Well, here's... As you get to the winners, the the as you get to the longest nights of the year, they knew by experience, and they lit all these bale fires. We call them bonfires. And they gave all this homage to Saturn, so that the sun would brighten, and after the after the twenty first, the next day, the sun begins to take hold again and then you get to the spring equinox equal night and that's where the sun begins to take over again on March 21st March 21st the sun begins to overcome the darkness all of the pagans that's darker here it's dark here. These are equal. I didn't draw them equal, but they're equal. This is dark here. That's why Jesus, or the Apostle Paul, tells Ephesus, You were darkness. Now are you light in the Lord. When God gave his covenant, it was about food. He said, "You'll If you're obedient to me, he said, I'll fill up your basket and your store and you'll have everything that grows in the spring all the way to the end of the harvest and that would be on October the 31st. Now, this is the truth. MacArthur just evidently doesn't care about whether Christmas and the, and the, and the festival of Saturn are one and the same thing. They have to be. Because Israel was going after evil gods and the feast of Saturn was in this winter area and they couldn't get through this real cold area of the year and they thought we better offer the sun god all these offerings. Now, I've got so much on this. Let me read some more of MacArthur's idea on Christmas. The winter was coming, and they wanted to appease the gods. He knew exactly what that was about, didn't he? That they would survive the winter. That's just what I got through saying to you. But it was the same thing as what Israel went after, and God brought devastation on Israel. He has so far for 2,600 years. 
and they would see the spring and all of this. All they wanted to do was get back to the spring. What did I do with that clicker? Oh, I said, it. oh, here it is. All they wanted to do, here's the thing. All they wanted to do was get back to the spring. Autumn, winter, spring. They want to get here. That's what they want. We have to look at the top of the earth, not the bottom. That's in the southern hemisphere. So, autumn, going into September, October, going into winter, here. And that earth is leaning away from the sun. That's why, that's exactly why of this. It looks like it's dimming. That's exactly why. Now, let me take you over here. This is about the swastika. What does that have to do with Christmas? It has everything to do with Christmas. This is the Big Dipper in its phases. Let me give you the picture. Give you a picture. This is, you can look up swastika in the stars, and this is what you'll see on the internet. Look, a big dipper in the stars. It'll give you this right here. What they did, the ancient pagans, every three months in the summer, they would go out at midnight and look at the big dipper, like on June the the June the third. June third, they'd look at the Big Dipper and they'd see it over here in the western sky. This is Earth's view of the Big Dipper. Right in the middle is what's called the North Star or Polaris. And everything was judged by that. When you go look at the Big Dipper in different seasons, it it shows up here in the north sky in the summer, and then it comes to the southern sky in the fall, you look at it on June June the 3rd, then you look at it on September the 3rd in the fall, and then Big Dipper's down here. Then you're looking for, you're going to go, their problem was getting through the fall and back to the spring. And then over here, you got summer, fall, and winter here, winter here. And they looked at it. That would be on December the 3rd. And then when you get to spring, you have the Big Dipper up here. And that is called Suvasti. And it was a good luck symbol in early America. I've got some old cards. I've got a card that that the Doyle sent me from Wisconsin. And it was their grandfather sent their their grandmother a card about 1908. Somehow I've misplaced that. I wish I could find it. And uh, it's got a swastika on it saying, hope you have a good year or something like that. That was very popular. This was not Hitler's invention. It was considered a good luck sign. In fact, the Boy Scout symbol in the 20s. Let me erase this. 
this Boy Scout, this is the Boy Scout symbol in America in the 1920s. Was the swastika with what you call a fleur-de-lis. I don't know exactly how to draw it. I think that's it. You know what a fleur-de-lis is? It's called flower of the lily. It was a sign of Mary among the Catholics. It was a sign of Mary. So this was a fleur-de-lis. It's on the side of the helmets of the New Orleans Saints. The reason they call them New Orleans, New Orleans Saints is because that's Catholic country. And they have parishes all over all over Louisiana instead of counties. And a parish was a place you go meet to have meet to have the mass. Well that was the Boy Scout symbol, except it covered the whole thing like this. I can't even remember how you draw that. It was a big fleur de lis over a swastika. Now, what this was about. All right. So what they were looking for is when they got to the winter solstice here, they were doing everything they could. They wanted to get to spring so they could have crops. That's what it was about. And that is the Suvasti. It comes from Suvasti, which means it is good. That's what Suvasti means. That was a Tibetan Tibetan term. The Tibetan Buddhists were sun worshippers. Hitler sent Himmler the head of his SS. The SS was the hit squad for Adolf Hitler. You could be a lieutenant in the SS. You could have a general killed that wasn't in the SS. He sent Himmler, who was a chicken farmer before he joined Hitler's SS. He sent him to Tibet. Tibet is over in the Far East, just right on the border of right on the border of China. And those are Oriental people over there. He sent him over there. He had heard that Tibetan Buddhist worshippers were tall and they had lanky, long arms and he was looking for an Aryan, A-R-Y-A-N, an Aryan race, a superior race. That's why he got so upset when Jesse... What's his name? At the Olympics of 1939, Jesse Owens. When he was beaten, the black man was beating all these white runners that were Nazis. And he got mad and he wouldn't even congratulate and wouldn't go out and see him or say hello or congratulations. That was just before he invaded Poland. So he was looking for an Aryan. In fact, you can look up Aryan, A-R-Y-A-N, in the Hastings Encyclopedia. And it will tell you to see the Arthurian legend. Arthur, King Arthur, was a Roman Catholic system. In fact, if you, if anybody saw the old movie, 
Excalibur. If you remember, uh, Galahad, he broke his sword when he attacked King Arthur and he threw it in the lake. And Our Lady of the Lake rose up and took the sword intact. The Lady of the Lake Catholic Church is right over here off the interstate. Our Lady of the Lake is a Roman Catholic thing. And that was all about the land. And if you're obedient to Arthur, sounded remotely like Deuteronomy 28. If you follow Arthur, then the land will bear its fruit. It's very parallel to it. It's crazy. In fact, all of these legends are parallel. And Merlin was a type was a type of Satan. Actually a type of the serpent in the garden because Merlin could shift his shape. Shape shifting is something you find you find in all of these occult things. He can turn himself into a wolf. You get the shape if you're looking up Vampires, you can look up vampires. Vampires were said to be demons. You can look those up in the Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion. They were said to be daemonion. And what's so amazing, what's so amazing in this, in the V volume, if you look up vampire, it'll tell you the way you caught a vampire and there were some of if you had a fire and some beetles or bugs were jumping out of the fire, throw them back in the fire. Because if you didn't, if they had been associated with a the vampire, they could become vampires themselves. Notice vampires are blood drinkers. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, which doesn't mean, that's Catholicism. It doesn't mean to drink blood. Jesus said, my blood is drink indeed and my and my meat is my meat is is indeed and my blood is drinking it. My bread is drink is meat indeed. Indeed is the word aletheis, it means of truth. These all this paganism goes together. And it'll tell you in the V volume of Encyclopedia of Religion by Hastings, it's a thirteen volume set. It'll tell you the way you catch a vampire, you had to drive him into a bottle. Whoa. Where do you keep a genie? In a bottle. And genie comes the word gene. And they said these vampires or genies, or as Israel called them, demons, were their ancestors that they deified as gods. There's nothing, there is no such thing as demons or genies. If you believe in demons, you have to believe in genies. They're the same thing. When you cross the border... You had to believe in fairies. What do you get from a fairy? Gifts. What do you get from a genie? Wishes. How many wishes do you get from a genie? Three. How about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life? That's what you get. Three. And I believe that's where it came from. And you drive it in a bottle, and the genie lives in a bottle. And biblically, what is a bottle? You remember? Goat. Huh? Goat stomach. What? Goat stomach. I can't. A goat stomach. Thank you. 
stomach of a goat. That's what they called a bottle. And they cut that stomach out, dried in the sun, sew it up, and put a stopper up here. And the guys that would call themselves, they would say they had familiar spirits. Familiar spirits. They would learn the ventriloquism and throw their voices. And they did something called peeping and muttering. This is all a part of the same picture. They peeped and muttered. They talk in a high voice like that and pretend to be talking to somebody's dead ancestor in the bottle. That's where you throw a vampire in the bottle. It's just a convolution of truth. It's insanity. Christmas is crazy. It's Christ's mass. It's eating human flesh. You should, first of all, you shouldn't be doing it because of that. It's the mass when the when the priest in a Catholic church raises the Eucharist up. Well, I thought I had it up here. I got it somewhere. And he raises it up in the air. I don't know why he raises it up in the air. Maybe it's closer to God. And he says, Hacus corpusium fili. That's what they say. Where did you get that, Jim? I got it out of Word History Book. And it says under... Actually, I was looking up Hocus Pocus. And it says it comes from what they say over the Eucharist in the Catholic Church. Hocus Pocus, presto, changeo. And they say that it changes into the little body and blood of Christ. That's the fairy tale of it all. And MacArthur, you're putting your approval on all of this. And familiar spirit is the word bottle. It doesn't mean a spirit of any kind. It means a bottle. And bottle was a goat's stomach. And if you were involved with familiar spirits, God says you had to die. If you were, if you were talking and pretending to cheat people out of their money, if you were a soothsayer, one who was involved in necromancy, the word bottle is the word obe. That's the word familiar spirit in the Hebrew text. I don't know. How, I, you know what I'm doing? I'm talking right off the top of my head with all this. There's so much to it. It's, it's crazy. Let me read a little more of MacArthur's. John, you just don't know the whole story. I put more time in studying the truth about... I knew something was wrong when I was a kid. I was always analyzing. Everything I'd hear was a commercial. I didn't know I was analyzing, but I was. I didn't know that till I grew up and thought, oh, that's what I was doing, trying to figure out what it was. When I was 12 years old in Fort Worth, Texas, and Daddy went out and bought an a 8-inch screen TV, 8-inch, about like that. Had a box this big on it and had rabbit ears. We watched everything. We watched the Midnight Mass, and I'm sitting there as a 12-year-old kid. Skinny, wasn't tall enough. I was the littlest kid usually in the class, me and one other guy. And I'm sitting there thinking, there's the Pope, it's Christmas Eve. Is this Christ's Mass? That's exactly what it is. 
And I was beginning to wake up to the truth at 12 years old. Beginning. Just beginning. I knew St. Nicholas was supposed to come that night. And they called him Santa Claus in America. And I knew he was some Catholic something. I didn't know exactly what. I thought he was a priest. Found out later he was a 4th century Roman Catholic bishop. And most of the historians think that he was a pedophile since he gave gifts to children. It's crazy. Anyway, well, let's read some more of MacArthur's paper. So these tremendous pagan festivals to Saturnalia and to many other deities were held in December. Yeah, John, right. Now, the Constantine Roman Empire that came about in about 300, actually 312, the first thing he did, Constantine did in 312, he said, I want the whole empire, so he attacked. He was head of the Eastern Empire at that point. That was at Constantinople. That's in the top of Turkey over here. And Rome over here in the boot of Italy was ruled by a man named Maxentius. He was the emperor of the Easter, of the Western Empire, Maxentius. And so Constantine took his armies and went over to Rome. And as he's going into Rome, let me get to one of the maps. When he's going into the Roman Empire, he's coming from Constantinople over here, and now it's not Constantinople, it's in Istanbul. He was coming from Constantinople over here to attack Maxentius over here in Rome. When he comes across a bridge going into Rome, it's called the Malvian Bridge. Constantine says he saw a cross in the sky and heard a message, by this sign you will conquer. Constantine was an out-and-out liar. God didn't tell you you'll conquer anything by the cross. So later on, when you had the Crusades, you see on the shields of the Crusades, which was all Roman Catholic, you see the cross. Remember that? You see that in all these pictures? Well, the only problem is Lactanius. Lactanius was one of the most brilliant scholars in the world. Lactanius was one of the smartest guys alive, historically. When you rule the Eastern and the Western Empire, you can hire who you want to and hire. And Constantine hired Lactanius to be his son's tutor. Now, Lactanius tells us something different than a cross. Lactanius said what he saw was an X in the sky. This is not an X. That This is an X here. But this is what, in our language, he saw this. That is the word CH in the Greek. Later on, Constantine, just shortly after, he put an R with this CH. This is a key. That's what you get when you join a certain fraternity in college, a key.
This is C-H-R. And this is where we get the word X mass. When I was a little kid in Fort Worth and they started to put Xmas sale, people would say, oh, oh, that's a disgrace and all the Baptist preachers, uh, we need to stop that. That's exactly what it is. You fools. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's CH Mass. That's Roman Catholic. That's right. It's not Christ Mass. Now, let me keep reading this. I can just read on his his definition of all this and just comment on it all day long. Now, the Constantine Roman Empire that came about, I, I corrected in 312 or so, what he did when he, when he crossed the Malvian Bridge, Constantine was afraid. Constantine and all the emperors for about 200 years were afraid of losing the empire. The only place that Rome or Greece or Persia ruled, or Rome ruled, was on the Mediterranean. That's why the Bible says the beast comes up out of the sea. I need to get to this. Yeah. The beast is Babylon here. That's what we call Iraq. Persia is what we call Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and the other stands. That's Persia. This Babylon, this is Greece, Rome. They all ruled on the Mediterranean Sea, but they did not rule above in what we call the European continent. And you had all of these barbarians, the Huns, the Vandals, the Ostrogoths, the Visigoths coming down here. You had the, the Huns, the, the Franks, the Burgundians, the Saxons. They were not being ruled by Rome. And they were barbarians, just killers. And all of the Caesars said, I believe we're going to lose the empire to these people, particularly to the Visigoths and the Ostrogoths and the Goths. They were different classes. But some of the most barbaric of them were the Visigoths. Why they were more barbaric than the Goths or the Ostrogoths, I don't know. But they were told in history to be very evil. They lived on horseback. They were like wanderers, just like a bunch of gypsies. They'd live in this village and then go to this village. If you got in the way, they'd just run over you. They were not unlike, I'd like to compare them with the Comanches that were in Texas among the American Indians. If you got caught by the Comanches, it wasn't like Apaches or or the Sioux Indians. They might let you live and make you a pet among them or make you a brother. Comanches caught you, you died. That's the way these Visigoths were. They were just brutal. And they would kill anything that got in their way. Well, Constantine said, I will bring all their gods into the church. And if he brought them into the church, like I said, they had to be. In Revelation 17 and 5, if Babylon mothered at all, they had to be the same thing that Israel went after while they were a nation, doesn't it? Same thing. 
I can't understand MacArthur not studying this more. Because he knows the facts. He just doesn't know how they fit in with Scripture. How much time to have mine? 29. I've got to get to a couple of verses here before I quit. All right. And then he says, this is MacArthur's words. He's got all the facts down, but he doesn't want to separate from it. So he determined, talking about... Well, let me see here. And so after that, they wanted to sort of Christianize everything. You can't Christianize paganism. You can't add or take away from the Word of God. And so in approximately 450 A.D., the Bishop of Rome decided that it would be really good if they could Christianize the festivals of December well, that was the bishops of Rome, the Roman Catholics, brought it into the church and named it Christ's Mass. Good night, John. So he determined in some kind of conjunction with the bishop of Jerusalem that they would spot December the 25th as the birth of Christ because December the 25th was, 25th was the birthday of Mithra, the son of the chief son god of Rome. Because that came right after the winter solstice. And if they could pick December the 25th as the birth of Christ, they might sanctify all of this even though it's highly unlikely that he was born then. We're not talking about when he was born. I was going to read this to you out of, out of Ecclesiastes 7 and 1. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 7. Then I'll keep going in this paper I got. Ecclesiastes 7. This tells you that you should celebrate when a believer dies, not his birth. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. You shouldn't celebrate your birthday. There's two birthdays in the Bible. Herod's, where they cut off John the Baptist's head. And Pharaoh's, where they hung his back, who you're going to hang, and whose head are you going to cut off on your birthday? The other church didn't celebrate birthdays. Absolutely not. I mean, it's just, it's, what we've come to in America is crazy. I mean, forget the charismatics and all their prosperity gospel, just deal with this. So he determined in some kind of conjunction with the Bishop of Jerusalem that they should spot December the 25th as the birth of Christ because it was the birth of Mithra. And they could pick December the 25th as the birth of Christ that it might sanctify all this, even though it's not highly likely he was born that time of the year. They were really trying to empower the paganism, but instead got mishmash. That's what it is, John. Mistletoe. The mistletoe was said to believe the tie between the gods of heaven and the earth. It was one of those magical trees in the Scandinavian world, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark, where the wassailing bowls. Christmas trees, paganism, holly basically is a rather pagan thing. <laughs> Thank you, John. Christmas cards, 1864. And they were first invented by a businessman who thought a way to make money. Ah, you know the truth about that. 
and they had drinking scenes on them so you can go right down the line St. Nicholas from Scandinavia was a saint in Roman in a Roman system who was supposed to leave things stuffed in wooden shoes of kids who were good this is not uncommon in Christianity the they've got a picture of Woden every system every culture had a sun god in it the chief of, chief of the sun gods in the Scandinavian world was a man named Woden Woden we got our word Woden's day from that Wednesday is named after the chief sun god of Scandinavia Woden it was said now when Hitler he was a great believer in this northern worship he was a sun and tree worshiper there is a book I've got it in my library I've wore it out it's called the twisted cross it's talking about the swastika now the son of Woden was Thor Thor's hammer was a variation of the swastika in fact I was at home one time I was running in the house and and the TV was on I wasn't paying attention I just stopped to look and it was a one of the most Saturday movies where they had it was a real cheap movie about the gods of the ancient world made with a bunch of guys that wasn't good actors you know. and they had Thor on there and he raised his he raised his hammer up towards the camera and this is what it had on it it had Thor's hammer and this is Thor's hammer and it is a swastika that's been modified that was Thor's hammer and Thor had the lightning bolts and that's the Sigrun of Adolf Hitler the Sigrun and may I say that these priests of Baal that Israel worshipped Baal was another name for Hercules and they worshipped the priests of Baal and they all had white pointed hats white sheets and they worshipped a flaming cross on Lady Day in the ancient world it's on fire now what does that remind you of? the clan? that's exactly what it is the amazing thing that is the clan the Masons the Muslims Christmas all come out of the same beginning all of them <laughs> why do you think on the clan you see a modification of the sometimes they'll have the swastika but a modified form of it is the iron cross and you'll see that that's called the iron cross or the Maltese cross Maltese cross and sometimes you'll see that behind the heads of the saint that's Roman Catholic that's a form of the halo 
which is nothing but the Son God behind the heads of the saints. That's also Roman Catholic. That's how immersed in this thing we are. John, you want to know what's wrong with this? How much time do I have? 21. I better go to these other verses so you can see how wrong it is. Go here to Leviticus 18. So I can get to all of this. I, I'm not going to be able to get to I'll have to come back. John, listen to this. Maybe that's why he's a big famous preacher and we're not. If you're famous, and to an extent he's very famous among his followers. The Bible says, Bless you to ye when men shall reproach you. Reproach, aniedzo, means to be infamous. N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. That's the word reproach. You're blessed when you're infamous. Look here in Luke 18. It's talking about... In Luke 18, verse 21, There shall... Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch, which was the chief sun god of Ammon, northern Jordan. Neither shalt thou profane the name of the Lord thy, of, of thy God. I am the Lord. And then he says concerning all these things, says down here in verse 29, Whosoever shall commit any of these abominations... That means something that stinks in the nostrils of God. Whosoever shall commit any of these toabah, T-O-W-E-B-A-H, T-O-W-E-B-A-H. Toabah means disgusting in the New Testament the word abomination is delegma d-b-d-e-l-u-g-m-a and it translates back to the Old Testament when it's translated in Greek toiba delegma comes from the word b-d-e-a bidet do you know what a bidet is? means to stink people have a debate that bidet that's got a lot of money they put one in their bathroom next to the commode so they can wash their bottom off with a spray God says that's how it stinks to me these customs of the heathen boy if I really got into some of the most disgusting things about Christmas it's with sex worship the in Ashtaroth in McClinic and Strong, if you look up Ashtaroth, they say in McClinic and Strong that the that Venus was never worshipped in human form. She was worshipped in the form of a cone. She was circular at the bottom, where she at the top. This is the way Venus was worshipped. When you're talking about Venus de Milo, that thing in the Louvre Museum in France, that's not how she's worshipped. That's a modern version. She's worshipped like this, and Layard's Nineveh, Mr. Layard, did his digs over in the Far East in in the early 1800s. He published Layard's Nineveh in 1849, and he said, 
always Venus and the rest of these female deities were worshipped with a star on top because they were worshipping the stars. And then over there in Jeremiah 10 it says they put a put her on a platform. If that's not the Christmas tree, I'll eat my hat and I don't even have a hat. I'll buy one and eat it. That's what one of Mary's sayings. I'll eat my head. Then he says, Whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them, shall be cut off from their people. Cut off means to be killed. Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance. Chukwa. C-H-U-Q-Q-A-H. C-H-U-Q-Q-A-H. Ordinance. That is the common word, statute, when God says, keep my statutes and my commandments, but don't keep these in the world. Now, this is a very important verse here in verse 30. Look, let's read on down to it. Therefore shall you keep my ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable stinking customs he didn't say don't worship your gods he said don't keep the customs and find out how they did it that includes Christmas and Easter and all the rest of it no matter whether people like that or not that's the truth which were committed before you that you defile tame is the word defile t-a-m-e looks like tame That you tamay. Tamay means to be foul or contaminated. That you defile not yourself by committing these customs. The word, the word chukwa is translated statute nearly every time it's mentioned in the Bible, in the Old Testament. It's translated twice, custom. Here, and over in Jeremiah 10. Look at Jeremiah 10. And this will tell you how bad it is because we're going to define a couple of words here. Jeremiah 10. Jeremiah 10, verse 1. Hear ye the word of the Lord, Israel. Speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord. Learn not. Learn. Lamed or Lamad. L-A-M-A-D. Learn not the way, the direct. That's equivalent to the word hodos in the New Testament, the narrow way. When it's translated into Greek, it's translated hodos. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. Don't learn the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. They worship the stars and the signs. For the heathen are dismayed at them for the customs, the chukwa, kukwa actually, kukwa of the of the people are vain. What's wrong with them? 
What's wrong with their customs? They are hebo. Worthless. May I remind you, this is what Israel went after, and this is why God scattered Israel, and this is why the World Trade Center came down. The reason the World Trade Center came down is because the Arabs controlled that land for 400 years under the Turk under Turkish rule. Turkish rule from 1517 to 1917 and that's when Israel was liberated from 400 years of really bad rule but most of the people that lived in what is called Israel today it was actually Palestine it was called Palestine until after May 14, 1948 1917 is when General Allenby of the British forces went to Jerusalem and liberated him for all this Turkish misrule. But the the Palestinians and the Arabs believed that land belonged to them because possession is nine points of the law. Even though God gave that land to Israel in Genesis 17, he gave it to Abraham and Isaac. And then in Genesis 28, he gave it to Jacob. Well, you either got to go with what the Arabs say. I don't blame them for what they did when they crashed the planes of the World Trade Center. But they wouldn't have done that if we hadn't sided with Israel in the petition to make them a nation May 14, 1948. But we did. It was Harry Truman that put the pressure on the world to declare them a nation because six million of them were killed during World War II. The six million were killed were killed by the last Gentile. The last Assyrian, Adolf Hitler. And what's so amazing, he had all that sun worship in his world. He even had a round table where he had 12 generals sit at it just like just like King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. He was an Arthurian follower. He was a sun worshiper. And when, when he brought all that stuff back to Hitler, it was... Somehow the world has just gathered it in embrace. We're embracing everything that Adolf Hitler was for Christmas. Hitler thought he was doing the world a favor by killing the people that had killed Jesus. It wasn't the Jews that killed Jesus. It was the Pharisees that killed him. It was their wish that Romans would put him to death. What even the Romans that did it. But it wasn't them, it was Jesus himself. He said, no man takes my life from me, I lay my life down. But they did commit murder when they killed a righteous man. God predestined the murder of Jesus. When the Bible says in Acts the fourth chapter, when Peter and John went before the Pharisees, they said, if you talk in this man's name anymore, we will beat you. So they went back to the apostles and began to pray in the name of Jesus. And they said that the kings were gathered together that day, Herod and Pilate. And the, the Romans were there, the Jews were there screaming, crucify him. And the Romans were there piercing his side saying, if you're the Messiah, come down from the cross. And the Bible says, they were therefore to do whatsoever thy hand. This is a prayer to the Father that thy hand and thy 
thy power has determined before to be done. Determined before is the word prohorizo. Predestinated. The death of Jesus was predestined by the hand of evil man. And it wasn't Christmas. And his birth wasn't Christmas. And that wasn't Easter. wasn't a resurrection. I've got several tracks over here. I'm going to read through some of them these next few weeks. Whose birthday is it? That tells you about Herod's birthday and Pharaoh's birthday. Got one on St. Nicholas here. He was said to be everywhere at one time and to be all-knowing. Well, that's Jesus, omnipotent, omniscient, is all-knowing. And that's why he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Because he was omniscient. He knew everything. Got one on the Christmas tree. I'm going to say some more things about that. It'll be embarrassing if you watch. Because it was sex worship is what it was. The reason it was sex worship is because that had to do with that had to do with reproduction. It had to do with crops and children. God says, if you're obedient to me, I'll give you plenty of crops and your children will be healthy. It, we're living in a crazy world. We've embraced, America didn't start celebrating Christmas till nearly 1900. They weren't celebrating Christmas in the mid-1800s. You'll never see George Washington in a painting around a Christmas tree in a White House. They didn't do it then. 300 years ago, it was against the law to celebrate Christmas. I got more to say about that. But boy, we're coming up on this thing. He says here, Learn not the way of the heathen. Be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed for the customs the cock, the enactment, the actions of the people are vain. They're empty. When you keep the rituals, light all the fires, all those lights on the tree were, they used to put candles on the tree, put them in little containers, and a lot of trees caught on fire, and a lot of houses burned down in the old world because of that. Anytime you see the flame, that's a picture of the sun god. In fact, when you see Elijah in the 18th chapter of 1 Kings, he challenges the priests of Baal. He says, come out here, we'll dig a ditch, we'll make an altar here, and we'll put, we'll pour water in all around it, barrels of water, we'll do it again, we'll do it the next time, put the, put the uh, sacrifice on the altar, and I'll make a deal with you. Let the God that answers by fire, let him be the fire God. He said God, but he meant the fire God. Because the Lord our God is a consuming fire. And Baal was the fire God. So when they, the priests of Baal with their tall white pointed hats and white sheets, they look quite ridiculous jumping up and down all day long, cutting themselves all over. They believed they could get to their gods if they did that. And Elijah stood over and made fun of them. said, perhaps your God is asleep. Maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's gone to rest and he just doesn't have time to listen to you. And after they screamed and yelled all day long, God says, remove the sacrifice. 
put another sacrifice on. Filled the trench with water, barrels of water. Put eight in, put eight more in, put eight more in. And Elijah had about a, I think I counted it one day, about a 32-word prayer. And in essence, he's saying, God, let the fire come down and show these priests of Baal who you are. And fire fell from heaven, consumed the sacrifice and the water and everything. So the true fire God is Jehovah God. It's not Baal. That was an imitation. I've got so much more to say on this. I just, I was going to get back to Gog and Magog. Gog is going to happen at the end of time. And it all started because Israel went after swastika. Doesn't matter what you call it. It was just it was it is good. It was the reason it was good was because when you when the the reason they said it was good, and that's what Subasti means when they got back around to the spring they had crops. That's why it is good. That's why Subasti means it is good. That's why it was a good look symbol. It wasn't really that evil. It was evil because people depended on the this was called Wheel of the Year. That's what it was called. That's where we get the wreath from the Wheel of the Year. And it was good because there's going to have crops in the spring. It wasn't so much evil in America a hundred years ago. The only reason it was evil because in the ancient world they worshipped these gods so they could get their their clock or background to the spring. I I I don't mean this in a boast, but I put more study in Christmas being pagan and the same system that Israel went after as what came into the Catholic churches. Anybody in America that I know. But I have put thousands of hours in studying it. It's it's everything that's wrong in America. Christmas is it's about nothing but giving gifts. I got a T-shirt, and I've got on it. Jesus, we celebrated your birthday. Some of you've seen it. We gave each other gifts, argued, and got drunk. I need to put have on the bottom. Yours truly, America, because that's all people do. It's a time for people to lay down their marriage vows at Christmas time and have a sexual tryst at some office party. In fact, Stephen Nissenbaum, who wrote the book uh, "Battle for Christmas," he was a professor at the University of Massachusetts. He said that the Christmas they celebrated in the 1800s had no resemblance to what they started celebrating around 1900. No resemblance. That boys would go from house to house and demand what he called, uh, it was a drunken wine. Perry is what he called it. He said if they didn't get Perry, they would take your your buggy and put it on top of your boy and it was the same thing as trick or treat same thing and Mr. Nissenbaum will tell you all about 
how pagan it was, how Santa Claus was not a big rotund guy. He was a skinny little guy that had a black demon that went with him. It's just what we have developed into in this century is insanity. John, you just hadn't studied this enough. He said a lot. I'll probably come back and finish reading his description of Christmas. It's crazy. I only read the first paragraph. He says mistletoe, that's from paganism. Christmas trees, paganism. Holly basically is rather pagan thing. Christmas cards, 1864. They were first invented by a businessman who wanted to make money. And they had drinking scenes on them. So you can go right down the line. St. Nicholas from Scandinavia was a saint in Roman Catholicism. John, you know the truth. Why are you doing it? He said, however, we could use this season to glorify God. Do you think Jesus wants his name on an orgy? And besides that, the customs are vain. They're worthless. The customs, he's not saying their gods are worthless. They are. But just keeping the kukwa, just keeping their statutes, don't do it. It's crazy. I'm out of time. I'll come back and read the rest of this. I've got so much. I feel like maybe I've helped you see this better. The Big Dipper, the swastika. That's what. Go online and look up swastika in the stars. Look up Big Dipper in the stars. That's, and they said that the Queen of Heaven was turning the wheel. And God tells Israel, do not worship the Queen of Heaven. They said, we'll offer her sacrificial wafers if we want to. That means a bloodless sacrifice. That's what the wafer is that they raise up in the Catholic Church. Something, there's a cricket loose. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with crickets. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for truth. Lord, help us to say the things that needs to be said. It seems like this world and the preachers just don't care what they're supposed to do. Lead us to your elect. Fight our battles for us. I am so tired, Lord. We'll give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen. Me and John MacArthur are the same age. I'm a month older than he is. I know how he thinks. Have you tried to talk to him? He's trying to save his church. That's why he opened it up. That's why some people have got... He's got such a big overhead. I know he's got Master's College and he's got all those professors in there and he's got... And he's got his church with all the teachers and the and the custodians, and they got to pay their salaries. And if nobody's coming, that could put him. That could put a stop to him. I don't even blame him for what he's doing. I'm just saying what he's doing with Christmas is wrong. I don't care how he says it. Have you reached out to Satan to talk to him at all? No, he John don't want to talk to me. I'm a little bitty nobody, and he's a somebody. 
birthdays she together since they're huh? close. We can celebrate your birthdays together since they're so close. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's funny. You're being funny. He's being funny. Uh, uh, my, birthday is, <laughs> my birthday is May of 39, and his is in June of 39. See, if we can get those all so close, we can just have one big party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might send him a picture of that little kid in Africa that's hungry and dreaming of a bowl of rice and the rich... Yeah. I really, uh, John has been one of my biggest disappointments. I've been really, I've been really disappointed in him. I believe he's a believer, but I, let me tell you who I believe he is. I believe he is the man in First Corinthians, the third chapter, when the Bible says, "If we build on gold, hay, or silver, wood, and stubble." He said, if that's all you build on, he said, the man will be saved, but his works will be burned. I believe he's a man that's involved in his book sales. If he, if he, if he said he's wrong on Christmas, what would people ask him in his church? Are you wrong on the rapture? Are you wrong on the millennium? Huh? Are you wrong? Well, I don't think he preaches that. Love you, Rusty. Take care. Well, it is. It's letting people. John hasn't been where I've been. I have been through all kinds of sin. He was raised a good boy, went straight to Bible school, got a doctor's degree, got called to that church when he was 29. He's never been where I have. The priest told me that's the sun rising when they do that. Because it goes a lot of times on the altar line of the <laughs> cross. So, the, so the, the sun comes in line with the cross, which is the circle on the cross, yeah. which is the spot there. That's what it is. It's funny. Then the peace symbols they use, the Catholics like all that peace stuff, that's a broken cross, which you well know. Yeah. I mean, that means no day of the cross, no cross, no, no death as well. Yeah. I know.